This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. I'm Kellen Walker. Jamie's out on a much-deserved vacation. Today on the show, Ford makes a big investment in Midwest manufacturing. Stellantis locks down a lithium supply. And Panasonic is going all in on EV batteries in North America. Plus, a conversation with the global vice president of Buick GMC about the decision to go all electric by the end of the decade. Let's run through all the news that you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford says it will invest $3.7 billion in manufacturing hubs across three Midwest states. The automaker says it will create 6,200 UAW jobs in the process. Ford is looking to increase production of both gasoline and electric vehicles. The majority of the investment will go to plants in southeast Michigan. That represents $2 billion, supporting 3,200 new jobs. It will also go to plants in Ohio and Missouri. As always, you can find out more details at autonews.com. Stellantis says it has secured a supply of lithium for its electric vehicle production in North America. The California-based company Controlled Thermal Resources, or CTR, will supply Stellantis with up to 25,000 metric tons of lithium hydroxide every year for 10 years. Automakers worldwide are scrambling to secure supplies of the material, which is critical for producing EV batteries. CTR operates in California's Salton Sea. It's also developing a geothermal lithium brine project to meet General Motors' lithium needs. And speaking of batteries, Panasonic is planning a massive buildup of EV batteries in North America. The Japanese electronics and battery giant wants to at least triple its EV battery production by the end of the decade. The company also wants to increase local sourcing of battery materials. It's aiming for a 50% local procurement rate. Panasonic currently makes batteries for Tesla. And yesterday, we updated you on the latest sales numbers from Toyota, Hyundai, and Kia, which were, I guess to put it lightly, pretty rough. Well, the picture isn't much rosier today for other automakers reporting their May sale numbers. Ford sales slipped 4.4% last month. It's by far the best number out of the bunch. Honda's deliveries slumped 57%. Subaru sales slid 25%. And volume dropped for the ninth straight month at Volvo. The luxury brand was down 29%. The rest of the auto industry reports sales numbers quarterly. And those are today's headlines. You heard yesterday on the show about Buick GMC's decision to go all electric by the end of the decade. Coming up, we'll hear from the brand's global vice president, Duncan Aldred, about the announcement and how Buick plans to meet that target. That's next on Daily Drive. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, Talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. 
And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in, it helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk and the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Kellen Walker. Buick is going all electric. Duncan Aldred is the global vice president of Buick GMC. He recently spoke to Automotive News GM reporter Hannah Lutz about Buick's strategy to stop selling gasoline-powered vehicles in North America by the end of the decade and roll out a full lineup of EVs, reviving the Electra name from its heyday. The brand plans to go all EV in roughly the same time frame as Cadillac, pushing General Motors closer to its goal of having all light vehicles it sells be fully electric by 2035. Here's that conversation. I'm Hannah Letts, a reporter with Automotive News. Duncan Eldred, Vice President of Global Buick GMC, is joining me today to talk about Buick's electric future. Thanks for coming on the show, Duncan. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. You announced this week that Buick will be all electric in the U.S. and Canada by 2030, but Buick is a very global brand. When will Buick be all electric globally? Um, so, yeah, really exciting announcement. Buick uh, all electric, uh, actually North America by 2030. You know, lots of exciting things going to happen through the remainder of this decade to get us there. Where we're going to be globally, we're not ready to announce that yet. Obviously, our business in, in China is very successful, uh, but it is different to the U.S. The structure of the, the market over there is different. It's much bigger. There's a lot more competitors, and, and we've actually got a broader portfolio. Despite the adoption rates over there being very fast, and, and obviously we already have electric vehicles within uh, our Buick brand over there, not ready to make a statement just yet. Okay, so for North America, how many vehicles should we expect in that 2030 portfolio? Will you have sort of direct replacements to what is in the lineup today, or should we expect some differences? I mean, without getting into to too many specifics today, because we're not quite ready to, to put that detail out there, but what we, we will see is a really exciting lineup of, of new Buick vehicles between now and the end of the decade, which include uh, ICE vehicles, uh, significantly enhanced on new vehicles, but also we'll see EV vehicles being introduced through that period as well. So the first of EVs will be 2024. The last of our ICE lights will be 2024, ICE being a combustion engine vehicles. So again, it marks a, a really significant period for us. And of course, what you're going to see really from the next vehicle introduction onwards is, is this amazing new face of Buick, the new design language, uh, the new logo, the new font uh, that we have introduced with the uh, the stunning Wildcat concept vehicle. Just to clarify there, you said the last internal combustion Buick will be um, launched in 2024 as well? Yeah, that's correct. On the EV side, what types of vehicles should we expect? Will you stick with an all crossover lineup like we have today, or would you bring back sedans or something else? 
We're obviously going to look at how the market develops and the EV market development. We think it's not going to be radically different to you know, what mainstream customers or premium customers want in the marketplace. So I do envisage that, of course, we will be operating in those core segments, whether it be the compact SUV, biggest biggest segment in the world. Obviously, that's a segment that, that pretty much everybody has to be in and, and we're no different. But again, I, I don't want to rule anything out or, or even anything in just at this point. You know, we're going to watch how the adoption rates track uh, segment by segment. Uh, we've got an exciting portfolio laid down and um, you know, we'll be operating in the big segments. You talked about this a little bit a, a few minutes ago. And I know you're not ready to completely divulge, but can you give us a sense of how the rollout plan globally will differ from the North America rollout plan? Like what, what considerations do you have to make between those two markets? Well, we really look, as I say, at the two markets. Obviously, we share the North American portfolio with China, but you know, the market over there is, you know, in typical times around 27 million, it's about 17 million here. It's different dynamics, not not much of a of a fleet market um, to speak of. Uh, and the segmentation is different. The flagship or the a really successful vehicle for us in China is, is the MPV segment. It's a kind of luxury MPV, the GL8. That's really critical for us there, you know, in the same way as we, we have Halo products within uh, the Buick here and the, the Enclave is the flagship over there. The, the GL8 takes a different role. So obviously, uh, that's just one example of the considerations that we take when looking at the China portfolio. Again, because we've typically delivered about a million units there, uh, about a quarter of a million in North America over the years. Again, we've got a broader portfolio. So they're all the considerations that we have to put into perspective. You know, the interesting thing about how we, we operate right now is that on all the vehicles that we share uh, between the two markets, uh, North America actually outsells China. But again, it just emphasizes that in China, not only are we successful with those products that we share globally, if you like, or internationally, but um, we've got a broader portfolio and, and that really allows us to drive extra volume in segments that some of which exist in the US and some which, which don't so much. But again, they're all the considerations that we factor in. Obviously, a lot of volume, very important for us. And we've really got to bear that in mind as, as we're uh, migrating to EVs in China. Another piece of your news was the Electra sub-brand coming out in 2024. What is the significance of this sub-brand if, if all vehicles in the portfolio will be electric? Is it a sub-brand in the same way we, we think about Denali and AT4 or something different? Great question. First of all, uh, what what a name. <laughs> what a name. You know, it's been sat there, you know, right in front of us all, all this time. And, and it's the most uh, wonderful name for uh, an electric vehicle. And obviously the association with Buick is is fantastic. And we're delighted to, to be using that. I don't call it a sub-brand, actually. I call it a series name because it'll be used in uh, as a series. So as our EV vehicles are rolled out, you know, they'll, they'll be part of the Electra, uh, Electra series. So and they will be designated with something after the Electra uh, name, which will, again, will will announce in due course, but it will signify, you know, where the vehicle sits within the portfolio and the segmentation. But no, it's a series name. So yeah, we, we're just really excited by that. I think the combination of the all new design language, the new logo, the the new font—you know, small things really—but but they, they create this really powerful uh, modern look and a really modern statement. And, and being able to 
reintroduced uh, the Electra nameplate, but now as an EV series name is is just a really exciting prospect for us. And when, when we had our 2300 dealers together a couple of weeks ago, there was a huge spontaneous round of applause when we, we announced that. You mentioned Electra is a strong name that has some history with Buick. Can you tell us a bit more about that history? Yeah, you know, one of the, the absolute fantastic things about Buick, and there's many, but, you know, we, we do love the, the history that it's had. Um, you know, probably the oldest uh, ongoing brand in, in the United States, pretty much regarded as the brand that started it all for GM. And, and it's just been a kind of wonderful part of automotive history for um, for well over a century. So uh, it's fantastic. And with it, within that, Electra played a very kind of strong part in that over a large number of years. And, you know, funnily enough, I, I actually was at the SEMA show last year and uh, one of the converters had, had taken a, an Electra, uh, the old Electra, and they, they'd electrified it. Uh, so that, that was like the final piece of the jigsaw for me. It's something we'd been really planning on for a long period of time, a long, long period of time. But uh, just actually being in the audience for that one, it just felt so perfect. So yeah, that kind of the, the final piece of the jigsaw for me. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll go, we're going forward with this for sure. So it's just really exciting. You know, I love being able to combine, you know, that rich history, but also with, you know, an incredible future. And that's exactly what we're doing here. All right. Well, thank you, Duncan, for sharing the Buick EV plan with us. And we'll be watching. Thanks very much. Thanks for your time. Always nice to talk to you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on electrification, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review so you never miss an episode.